there is something that is not working. Some people decide not to see it. Why not about? have the parliament in Strasbourg all the time? Countries in chaos. Are you talking about Baghdad or Paris? It's my job to put the other side to you. France's president, Emmanuel Macron, likes to be seen as one of the driving forces for reform in the EU. But his efforts to change his own country have run into serious trouble. My guest this week here in Brussels is his former Europe minister, Nathalie Loiseau, one of his most vocal cheerleaders in the European Parliament. Is the Macron revolution advancing or has it run out of steam? Nathalie Loiseau, welcome to Conflict Zone. Hello. Nobody has talked more about reforming the EU than Emmanuel Macron. Why should anyone listen when he's making such heavy weather of reforms in his own country? Well, uh, first he's been reforming France for uh, more than two years uh, with a steady path. And, steady uh, path? The country's in chaos. The country is not in chaos. Uh, there is no strike anymore uh, in uh, railways or public transportation. And there will be the most ambitious pension uh, system reform uh, for decades, which, which, which will pass in the parliament in the next few weeks. People have died in demonstrations. Paris has reeked of tear gas. Uh, for weeks on end. You've had gigantic disruptions in transport, some of the worst transport disruptions since the 1960s. Are you talking this about is, Baghdad or Paris? Is, I'm talking about Paris. You don't seem to come often to Paris. Uh, I do. Uh, I have my family in Paris. Yes, there was uh, some protests. That's a French tradition. Uh, but uh, there Some has... protests, 1,700 people injured across the country. 1,700. And uh, a number of policemen uh, injured among them. And uh, some casualties were due to this uh, yellow jacket uh, protest movement. Uh, you see it throughout the world right now. Uh, middle class is wondering whether globalization is good or bad for, for them. Uh, and they need to get answers. And they got answers from the government. They got a 70 billion euros program dedicated at uh, increasing uh, wages and increasing public services. And they found out that the president has an increasingly authoritarian streak, doesn't he? Last no. year's report by the National Ombudsman spoke of an unprecedented number of preventive arrests, said that along with the decline of public services, a policy of strengthened security and repression had taken root. These are powerful accusations from the official watchdog charged with defending the rights of French citizens. And I strongly deny it. We are in a, a democracy. You think he makes it up? Uh, Jacques Toubon, you think he makes it up? I think, well, he's free to say it. And I would like to uh, well, list God a number is. of countries where people are that free to, uh, to protest or to deny what's happening in the government. Yeah, but it's not much good if you just dismiss it when he says it. Uh, this when is my right not to agree. It. Yeah. I'm Decline not in the of public services, hey. the undermining hey. of fundamental rights. Hello, I'm not in the government. I'm an elected member. I have 23 elected members of my party here in the European Parliament. I have as much freedom of expression as any French citizen. We are in a democracy, we are in a country where we have rule of law. Every problem has been or is being investigated. With independent judiciary, I would love to see it as open, as balanced, and with such a rule of law in other places in the European Union. I think you should focus on what's happening in Poland, on what's happening in Hungary. 
Rather, we talk to Poles and Hungarians, but we're talking to you about France, yes. and you're still a member of the president's party, Armash, and you're still one of his most vocal cheerleaders. So I that's know. why I'm putting these points to you, especially when both the UN and the Council of Europe weighed in against what they saw as disproportionate force against demonstrators on the streets of France. There was disproportionate violence in my country and there were casualties caused by uh, rook blockades, by yellow vests. Can, should we forget about it? Should we forget about the number of uh, trades of SMEs which closed because of this unrest? I will never, because I was elected by my fellow citizens. But you're not, but you're not addressing the points that, that many people have raised. The Paris think tank, for instance, Génération Libre, said last year the clampdown on civil liberties was part of a consistent pattern since Monsieur Macron took office. And I deny it, because there are uh, freedoms, they are respected, they are protected. For instance, freedom to go on strike, that's fine. That's even constitutional in my country. But free, freedom not to go on strike should be protected as well. And freedom of movement should be protected as well. You want to see uh, powers of police increased as they were in October 2017, the new anti-terror law substantially increased police powers. In February 2018, the immigration law reduced the rights of migrants and asylum seekers. In October that year, the Supreme Court refused to halt the creation of a biometric database containing detailed information of all French citizens. That's surveillance, and these are measures that are causing concern. One prominent lawyer and longtime supporter, actually, of Monsieur Macron, François Soureau, put it bluntly. He said fundamental rights are under attack. Well, uh, I know Mr. Soureau quite well. I know uh, the... Uh uh, NGO he is dealing with on refugees because I'm dealing myself on a private basis on the rights of refugees. Uh, but please, uh, fighting against terrorism, the first freedom of my fellow citizens is security. And my country was struck again and again by terrorist attacks. Should we uh, say as we were before and say we are doing nothing? This is not what Nobody asked you to do nothing. They just well, ask you not to, not to well. undermine fundamental rights and liberties. That's they all. are not denied. You can always go to the courts and you always have your rights protected. I know what my fellow citizens want. They want security. More than rights, more than fundamental no. rights. They want both of them and we protect both of them. Does Monsieur Macron believe he can have greater success on the European stage with reforms than he's had uh, at home? I mean, time after time he proclaims the need for new organizations in the EU. But it's a bit like picking random tickets out of a hat, isn't it? Reforms to immigration, defense, trade, a European agency to protect democracy, European Council for Interior Security, European Climate Bank. And the reaction from the rest of Europe was a resounding silence to these proposals. Um, I'm not sure we are talking about the same word about my country or about Europe. You're obviously very anti-Macron, that's your right. Um, that's a surprise, because I thought that was fair journalism, but it is not. That's your right, all right. It's my, it's my job to put the other side to you. You're a Macron supporter, I'm putting the other side to you. That's uh, what th we do in this program. Way, that's the way you see things, that's not necessarily the way other people see journalism, but that's your right, I don't deny it. And it's your right to, to first, counteract. Let's go to reforms in France. Yes, they are working. We are the second most attractive country in the European Union for foreign investors. Uh, we have one of the highest growth rates in the European Union. We have uh, 
the number of unemployed, which is de decreasing steadily. You have three times the unemployed number of Germany. That's right, but we don't have many jobs. When we talk about jobs, we talk about jobs will full pay. Uh, that's a choice. And we are still fighting against unemployment. And we are changing the rules for apprentice, for instance, and it is working. And considering the European Union, uh, you mentioned the uh, Climate Bank. Uh, this was something I was campaigning in, for, in favor of uh, when I was the head of the list of Renaissance in the European Union election. And now this is in the program of Mrs. von der Leyen. Her new Green Deal includes a European Climate Bank, includes uh, a thousand billion euros uh, in the coming seven years uh, to finance green projects. So this is precisely what we have, were advocating for, and this is precisely what the European Union is getting committed to. But there was a huge backlash against your climate proposals, wasn't there, when the yellow vests protested against the new carbon tax, which was introduced to try to get motorists to change their behavior. People in rural areas said it was deeply unfair and the tax had to be abandoned, didn't it? Well, and badly uh, handled, wasn't well, it? Throughout Europe, you have uh, uh, claims for a more pro-environment, a more anti-global warming policy. And at the same time, people say, not in my backyard, not on my uh, uh, fuel expenses. We face it every single developed country. But you abandoned the tax. We have abandoned raising the tax, but we are working with the European Union, with the Commission, on a mechanism uh, providing for uh, protection of European companies compared to third country companies. If they don't respect the same environment rules, they should pay for the difference. There is no reason to impact our companies uh, for, uh, for uh, regulations that we are choosing on our own in Europe. Well, your Independent Advisory Council on Climate, in its report last June, strongly suggested your record to date didn't match the promises you'd made. Uh, tell me of one, one single European country matching the result with the promises. Every country is lagging well, is behind. This something and that's to be a proud of, but you say you're, and that's you're proud a tragedy. of the climate policy. No, that's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. And one answer of it, and that's why I'm in this European Parliament, is a European answer. We, couldn't, we cannot have one member state taking decisions and another going on a different path. We have to take uh, common objectives and abide by them. We have to have uh, objectives for, for 2030, for 2050, and we are in the process of doing it. Madame Rosso, if you were serious about the environment, you would halt this incredibly wasteful process of convening the European Parliament for one week every month in Strasbourg and the rest of the time in Brussels. Why not have the Parliament in Strasbourg all the time? I agree. I mean, in yeah, the but at the moment, this is uh, hugely damaging for the environment and hugely costly to the European taxpayer, but it's France's vanity project, isn't it? It's in the treaties. Uh, and it's uh, German's vanity project to have the uh, European Central Bank in Frankfurt. And it's Luxembourg's vanity project to have premises in Luxembourg. Yeah, but the whole European Parliament doesn't get up like a travelling circus, as some people have said, and once uh, every month. Have at, you? At, at a cost of over 100, 100 million euros a year. Have you assessed uh, the cost of having... Uh, premises in Luxembourg, in Frankfurt, and in many other places in Europe. But that doesn't justify this, does it? 
my point. Talking about this specific instance. Do you want? Do you want Eurocrats to stay in the Brussels bubble, cut from the realities of the ground, cut from member states? Is it what you want? Is it what citizens have been voting for? No, they are telling us, please go to member states. Please get out of this bubble. Please go to Strasbourg once a month. They're not telling you that, are they? In my country, this is what they're they telling us. In your, but but at the uh, cost of between eleven thousand. Forgive listening to my voters. Between eleven thousand and nineteen thousand tons of extra CO2 emissions every year, just to make this stunt possible. You know, every time you download a program on your smartphone, you are participating in uh, carbon emissions, and still you're doing it. Yes, we will have to change our habits. But why are you finger-pointing uh, the heart of European democracy, where we have the Council of Europe, where we have the uh, European Court for Human this. Rights? You don't need to go to Strasbourg once a month. Yes, we can stay in Strasbourg the whole month, I agree. The European Conservatives no and Reformist Group said it was time for MEPs to get their own house in order, end the travelling circus. No organisation can honestly claim to be serious and tackling climate change and still maintain a work of working which is so manifestly destructive to the environment. Well, I hope but, but, that the European that. Uh, Conservative Group also notices that Poland, one of its main supporters, is, far, is lagging far behind in terms of emission and still denying the need for uh, the Green New Deal. Let's talk about foreign policy, Emmanuel Macron's foreign policy, because there's been a strong perception that he favours go-it-alone diplomacy instead of the multilateral initiatives that he always claims to value. One of your president's harshest critics here in Brussels, the Green MEP, Philippe Lamberts, accused him of being drunk on power and said, you don't shape Europe by bullying Europe, you shape Europe by building alliances. This is what we saw in, in previous decades, a vivid, lively Europe well listened to on the uh, world stage. It was so obvious that we were weighing in, that we were united and efficient. Come on. You are not united on Russia, your policy on Russia? Come on. Well, For our, instance? Poli our policy on Russia. Look at the Normandy Format Summit that we had in Paris a few weeks ago. What did we do? We defended Ukraine's rights. We favoured an exchange of prisoners which had not taken place for months and years. And we are fully in line with the European position on Ukraine, Crimea, Donbass and the rest. The German so Council on Foreign Relations said a lot of people claimed that Monsieur Macron didn't even inform them ahead of time when he sent his foreign and defence ministers to Moscow last September. It seemed to be part of an emerging pattern of unilateral actions, she Would said. you say the same when Angela Merkel goes to Moscow to meet with... Vladimir Putin, no, they are playing their role. France is an important member state of the European Union. France has a permanent seat in the Security Council. We have responsibilities. We defend European values. We carry European voice and we share European positions. We are fully in line with Joseph Borrell. There is not the depth of a slice of paper between what Joseph Borrell is advocating for and what we are pushing for bilaterally. It strengthens Europe, it doesn't weaken it. Last but wonder whether when Mr. Orban prefers to talk to Putin or to talk to Erdogan and says that the Hungarian commissioner is at the service of Azerbaijan, 
wonder whether he supports European Union policy. Last August, Monsieur Macron called for a new architecture in Europe based on trust and security because he said the continent would never be stable without easing and clarifying Europe's relations with Russia. What he didn't spell out was how you base a new relationship with Russia on trust and security when there isn't any. How do you suggest he does that? We are vigilant. My uh, political party was hacked by Russian activists during the presidential campaign. When there was a chemical attack in Salisbury in the UK, who was pushing the other Europeans for a coordinated answer? It was Emmanuel Macron and no one else. We are perfectly aware of the threats of uh, uh, Russia nostalgic of the past. But then, will we change geography? What do we prefer? To have Russia turning definitely to China or to have Russia engaged in a dialogue with the European Union? And, we need and to what have concessions does that involve? It doesn't involve... To a country that bulldozes international borders, shoots down commercial aircrafts, and as you say, sends its assassins to Europe well, to murder people for with instance, chemical weapons. For instance, I would have preferred not to see the Nord Stream 2 project supported so heavily by Germany because it deepens our dependency on uh, Russian gas. Uh, that's a problem, and we have said it, and Emmanuel Macron said it very bluntly. It's not a question of concessions, it's a question of having our voice heard. Is it a consistent voice, though? If we look at um, the question of enlargement in the European Union, for instance, in August, um, Monsieur Macron was the leader who told Europe to reinvest geographically in the West Balkans, warning that if it didn't, the fate of that region could be decided by the US, Russia and Turkey. And then just two months later, he effectively blocked, or at the very least delayed, those countries from joining the EU. Doesn't fit, does it? It's a contradiction. It's not the first time that he blocked. I blocked it myself a, w a year before. Well, you Why? can't have both. You can't have yes, protecting sure. from, from these other countries that are taking an interest in the West Balkans and then not are following you serious? through. Look at, are you serious? Look at Serbia. Serbia started its accession process. Did Serbia distance itself from Russia? Not a second. Do you think that uh, accession negotiations are the magical recipe uh, to have countries t distancing themselves from Russia? Look at Hungary. It has not worked. We have to reassess the whole accession negotiation process. It was not working. Do we, we want to turn a blind eye and just consider that we have a policy when we have only bureaucracy? No, we have to be serious. I'm dead serious about the importance of a European perspective for Western Balkans. And because I believe in it, I don't want it to leave it to bureaucrats. I want to be deeply involved in what we ask these countries, what, to what we take them accountable, rule of law, fight against corruption, fight against organized crime. I understand that, but the Council on Foreign Relations, European Council on Foreign Relations, said your French action may have actually weakened the EU's leverage in this region. The French veto of North Macedonia's and Albania's accession negotiations has significantly changed the context for resolving bilateral problems in the West Balkans. Once again, look at Serbia. They are in the process, they are negotiating, they are opening chapters and closing chapters. And they are closer than ever to Moscow. There is something that is not working. Some people decide not to see it. 
we decide to name it because we want to reform it. If we are serious about enlargement, and we are serious, it's not just a slogan. It's not just to play nice and then go to some countries and try to make business. It's about you give with one hand and then ready. take with the other. Though. It's being it's having them ready to enter the European Union and not being a failure and not endangering the European project. Talk to me about the rumblings in the En Marche party, because there have been some signs of serious discontent, haven't there? Two months ago, Le Monde reported that Gilles Legendre, president of the En Marche group in the chamber, had written to Macron warning about the state of his parliamentary majority and pushing him to rebuild trust with rank-and-file MPs. Serious issue when the president's own MPs don't trust him, isn't it? Uh, if it were the case, uh, that would be a serious issue. And there are uh, many examples throughout the European Union of weak coalition with weak political parties, absence of majorities or very narrow majorities. You have one member state in the European Union which doesn't face this problem, and this is France. There is a clear, big, strong majority. There is, but by the end of November, 11 MPs in the National Assembly had quit or been pushed out of the Parliamentary Association, Parliamentary Group. In the summer, 60 on March... pushed out because they were out of the principles and values of the, of the parties, and this is healthy. So party discipline is breaking down. In the summer, 60 on March MPs abstained or voted against the government over the free trade agreement with Canada. Quote me one single draft bill which was not voted by the majority since 2017. Put me just one. There is none. You've got an official party candidate in the race for mayor of Paris in March, Benjamin Griveaux, and another En Marche MP, Cédric Villani, who's decided he's going to run anyway, despite failing to get official backing. It's a mess, isn't it? In well, a, we are, in a, not, in a critical we are race. not North Korea, I agree. We are not Russia, I agree. We are a free country with freedom in political parties. Whether I agree with Cédric Villani for running where there is Benjamin Riveau, the answer is no. But he's free, and thanks God we are in a free country. And losing the youth vote, as the elections in, uh, the, for the European Parliament showed. No, it didn't. There had never been as many young people voting, and a number of them voted for En Marche. Well, compared to 2017, you lost 6% among 18 to 24-year-olds and 11 points among voters aged 25 to 34. The problem is that you should compare what is comparable. Compare it with previous European election, and you will see that the turnout was much bigger, and young people went to the polls where they were not voting for previous European elections. But the highest score in the European elections, in the categories, was in the category of people over 70 years old. No, no party can be complacent about that, can they? Uh, we are a party which was created out of scratch in 2016. And we are a party which won the presidential election, the national election, and we fared well in the European election. We are going to have 23 MEPs. In this parliament, exactly the same number as the far right, I would have preferred to have even more than that. But compared to my predecessors, I'm quite proud of the result. But a party that came to power representing, above all, the younger, poorer, more metropolitan sectors of society, deeply caring about climate. No, wasn't that? Wasn't that the it's end? A country, it's a party that denies the traditional left-right divide, and rightly so. Look at where a traditional right and traditional left are today in France, and it's true throughout Europe. You're about to take a position in the um, 
Parliament's steering Brexit steering group. Well, it's One not going to be Brexit anymore. It's, to be, it's going to be UK coordination group, yes. Can you get a deal in 11 months? Well, uh, not on everything. Not on everything. A bare bones deal, then? Probably, yeah. You could have done a deal with uh, Theresa May. Why didn't the EU do that? Uh, you would have had a, a softer Brexit in, remember, in progress. Uh, you, you but remember you insisted she... on the Irish backstop. But because it's key. And that finished her off, didn't it? Well, she had no majority in her parliament. But she could have got an agreement through if you'd let her um, on the backstop. Do uh, you really think that protecting the rights of our companies or for citizens, uh, protecting peace in Ireland was uh, not a key priority? I don't agree with you. Her government said it was a key priority, but the backstop wasn't necessary. But you're going to end up now with, a, with an outcome, if, if Britain leaves without a deal, that's an outcome that nobody wants. Especially the Brits. You, yeah, but you didn't want it either. No, but... Uh, it's going to cause massive disruption for you too. But My point is you could well, have avoided it, it's, that. It's a choice for the Brits. If they want to destroy their country, I don't think this is what they want. They have to be responsible leaders. It's time for responsibility. Europe's going to suffer too. That's for sure. I mean, there's no good Brexit. Brexit is bad, whatever form it has, but protecting the rights of our companies, protecting our priorities, protecting the European project is key. They have chosen in Britain to get out of the uh, European Union. Fair enough. We have not chosen to, dest to destroy the European Union on our side, and we will not. Natalie Wessel, thank you very much for being on Conference.